to Tales and Travels at the Emerald Public Library. I'm your host and intergenerational programmer, Michelle. All summer, I'll be taking you around the world as we visit nine different countries. Each week, we will hear a traditional tale from a new country and learn a little bit about where that tale comes from. For pictures, puzzles, or to follow along, you can download our companion booklet or visit the library for a copy to take home. Many years ago, in China, humans and fairies lived peacefully together. During this time, there was a scholar. He lived away from the rest of the world so that he could gain hidden wisdom. He lived alone in a secret place. He kept the yard of his small house very beautifully. All around it, he planted every flower he could, along with bamboo and other trees. This thick grove of flowers had the secondary benefit of concealing his home from anyone who may pass by. The scholar's only company was one young assistant. He lived in a separate hut and did what he was asked. He was not allowed to appear before the scholar unless he was summoned. The scholar loved his flowers more than anything. He never wandered beyond his garden's boundaries and relied only on what he could make by himself and what his assistant could bring on visits to a nearby village. One year, spring came around, as it always does. On a particularly nice day, the flowers and trees stood in full bloom. A fresh breeze was blowing, and the sun and the moon shone clearly throughout the day and the night. Come nightfall, the scholar sat over his goblet and was grateful for the gift of life. Suddenly, a maiden in dark garments came stumbling up in the moonlight. She made a deep curtsy, greeted him, and said, I am your neighbor. We are a company of young maids who are on our way to visit the 18 ants. We should like to rest in this court for a while and ask for your permission to stay. This was very abnormal. The scholar never had visitors, so he gladly gave the maiden and her company permission to stay. She thanked him before walking away. After a short time, she returned. This time, a whole crowd of maidens carrying flowers and willow branches joined her. Each woman greeted the scholar. They were charming and graceful with delicate features, and when they moved their sleeves, a wonderful scent filled the air. This was unlike anything that the scholar had ever smelled before. In fact, there is no other known fragrance in the world that compares to it. The scholar invited them in to sit down with him for a while. Then he asked, Who do I really have the honor of entertaining? Have you come from the castle of the Lady in the Moon, or the Jade Spring 
of the Queen, Mother of the West? How could we claim such high descent? said a maiden in a green gown, smiling. My name is Salix. Then she introduced the rest of the maidens. First, the one beside her, who wore a beautiful white dress. This is Mistress Prunafera. Next, one wearing all rose. This is Persica. Finally, one in a floor-length burgundy dress. And this is Punica. We are all sisters. Today, we hope to visit the 18 ants. Your garden is so charming. It is just perfect for an evening with the moon shining so beautifully. Thank you so much for taking pity on us. Yes, yes, it's nice to have the company, said the scholar. The scholar's assistant appeared and announced, The Zephyrants have arrived. The girls all stood and went to the door to greet them. We were just about to visit you, they said, smiling. This gentleman had just invited us to sit and rest for a moment. What a pleasant surprise that you Zephyrants have come here, too. We must drink a goblet of nectar in your honor. So they ordered the assistant to bring what was needed, which was some beautiful nectar, and tables and chairs. May one sit down here, asked the ants. The master of the house is most kind, replied the maidens, and this spot is quiet and hidden. Then they presented the ants to the scholar. He spoke a few kind words to the ants. They had an irresponsible and airy manner about them, and their words quickly gushed out. When you were near them, you could feel a frosty chill in the air. Despite this, the scholar invited them to join for dinner. Now, as this went on, the assistant was setting up the long table and chairs that were rarely used. The 18 ants sat at the upper end, the mates followed, and then the scholar sat down in the lowest place with them. Soon, the entire table was covered with delicious foods and magnificent fruits, the goblets seemed to fill all on their own with a sweet, fragrant nectar. The scholar had never experienced anything quite like this before. The moon shone brightly. The flowers smelled even more wonderful than usual. They all ate and drank all that they desired. When they finished, the maidens danced and sang. The sound of their singing echoed through the grove. Their dance looked just like butterflies fluttering throughout the flowers. The scholar felt joy like he had never had before. In fact, he could no longer tell if this was real or a wonderful dream. When the dance ended, the girls sat down again. They initiated a toast to the health of the ants. They once again drank the flowing nectar. Then they proposed a toast to the scholar. He replied in the most eloquent way he could. Unlike the graceful maidens, the 18 ants were pretty clumsy. They all raised their goblets for the toast, but one of them accidentally poured nectar on Punica's dress. Punica was young and fiery and very neat. 
She did not want to have her dress be dirty. As soon as she saw the spot on her red dress, she stood up angrily. You're very careless, she said with anger. My other sisters may be afraid of you, but I'm not. This angered the ants. One responded, How dare you speak to us like that? They gathered up their things and stood to leave. The rest of the maidens crowded around them and said apologetically, Punica is young and inexperienced. Please don't be too hard on her. Tomorrow she'll come see you for her punishment. But the eighteen ants would not listen and left. The maidens also said goodbye to the scholar. They scattered among the flower beds and were gone. The scholar sat alone for a long time, thinking about what had happened. The following evening, the maidens returned. We all live in your garden, they told him. Every year we are tormented by strong winds. We have always asked the 18 ants to protect us, but after yesterday, we don't know if they'll help us anymore. You've always been friendly to us, and we are very grateful for this, but we have a big favor to ask of you. What is that? responded the scholar. Well, we ask that on every New Year's Day, you make a small red flag, paint the sun, the moon, and five planets on it. Then set it up in the eastern part of your garden. If you do this, we will be protected. Because New Year's Day has passed for this year, please set up the flag on the 21st of this month. The east wind is coming, and the flag will protect us against him. The scholar happily agreed. The maidens responded in unison. Thank you for your kindness. We will certainly repay you. As they left, a sweet fragrance once again filled the garden. The scholar made a red flag just as they described. Early in the morning, on the 21st, there was a strong east wind, so he quickly set the flag up in the garden on the east end, just like they had asked. Suddenly, a windstorm broke out. The forest bent, and many trees broke. Yet, the flowers in the garden did not move. Then, the scholar realized that these had not been ordinary maidens. They were flower elves. Salix, the willow, Prunifera, the plum, Persica, the peach. And of course, Punica was the pomegranate with powerful blossoms that the wind cannot disturb. And the 18 Zephyrants? Well, they were the spirits of the winds. In the evening, the flower elves brought the scholar radiant flowers as a thank you. You saved us, they said. We have little we can give you, but... If you eat these flowers, you will live a long, healthy life. If you protect us every year, then we sisters will live long as well. The scholar ate the flowers. As he ate the flowers, he seemed 
to grow young again. It was as if he de-aged and was suddenly twenty. He continued to place out the flag each year. And over time, as more flowers were given to him in return, he attained hidden wisdom and was placed among the immortals. Today, you can still find many carefully sculpted flower gardens in China. In these spaces, it's the idea that nature and man may be seen in harmony. Much like the scholar and the flower elves took care of each other, so can we with nature. These gardens are beautiful places to visit and enjoy the presence of nature. And although fairies might not be real, the wind may not be able to take the shape of a person. These ideas can exemplify the connection of humans and nature in a way that's more easily understood. I hope you enjoyed our tale this week. Join me again next week as we head to Kenya for another tale.